Coming up on this episode of the Mario Rosenstock podcast. So the estate agent obviously got the photos taken, sent it off to whoever does their photoshopping for them. And do you know when you save a file, like the file saved as remove dot weeds dot whatever <laughs> yeah. dot jpeg yeah. and it was like you didn't even like you didn't even change the file name <laughs> like it's all there So just like tens of thousands of people across this country Kieran Mulqueen spent a long long time trying to buy a home As he searched through the listings on daft.ie and myhome.ie and estate agents' websites, he was taken aback by some of the tiny, frankly shabby properties for sale at ridiculously high prices. So he decided to take action. And not only that, but so many of the photos of various properties were clearly photoshopped. And many of them claimed to be in salubrious locations that were actually miles away. But Kieran didn't just laugh it off or complain to his mates. He started doing something about it. He started posting these adverts on an Instagram page he called crazy house prices. He wanted to call them out to expose them. It obviously struck a chord. The page now has tens of thousands of followers and it's grown into other equally popular social channels. And Kieran himself has even just published a best-selling book called How to Buy a Home in Ireland. In our chat on this episode, he shares his home hunting story, the good and the bad and the ugly of property adverts, and a few thoughts on where it has all gone wrong. The bunk bed ones get me. They really wind me up. The ones with six, eight bunk beds in a room, 600 euro a bed. These landlords are getting four grand a month for one room in a four bedroom house, 16 grand, like that kind of stuff. Mm. They are usually preying on the more vulnerable. Artisan, that's another one they use a lot. Yeah, Artisan, yeah. yeah. And, and, and this is like your bed is in the microwave. Yes. And the toilet is on top of the pillow. If you're lucky. The four Yorkshiremen. Yeah. You were lucky. <laughs> I lived on two cornflakes a day, right, in a piece of cardboard which was on fire, underneath a pothole in winter. And what disturbs you the most? The children facing eviction. That's that's really tough. I just think because I'm a teacher, my my empathy levels are are quite high, and yeah. that gets me the worst. I feel like it got to a point where some some estate agents were taking the piss so much, almost so that I would post it. <laughs> you know, like Jesus. I almost felt like every time I post them, they would go viral, and I'm like, okay, I'm just not, I'm just going to stop because I'm giving these Jesus. lads free advertising. My full chat with Kieran of Crazy House Prices fame coming up in just a couple of minutes. But first, there's a massive showdown in Dublin this weekend. It's, of course, the Champions Cup rugby final, uh, the European Cup of Rugby. And amazingly, Ronan O'Gara's La Rochelle meet Leinster in the Aviva Stadium in the Heineken Cup final. Well, the Champions Cup final, as it now is. And unbelievably, possibly half the country will be cheering for La Rochelle. Or will they? Roger's phone has been busy with well-wishers and calls of another nature. We got exclusive access to Roger's voicemails. Hi, this is Ron and O'Gara. As you can hear, I've reached peak excitement ahead of the Champions Cup final on Saturday. Leave a message. Rog, this is Paulie. I'm on my way up to Dublin on the train to offer you moral support. I'm going to wear a La Rochelle jersey and sit right in the middle of the Leinster contingent. Any Leinster fan found cheering will be dealt with summarily and immediately. Stay strong, Rog. Rog, Matt Cooper, as a Cork man in Leinster, I know how threatened you'll feel on Saturday. There's a group of like-minded people who are coming to my house on Saturday. Brandon O'Connor, John Spillane, Michal Martin for a meeting of the LRS the Leinster resistance movement if you need a safe house Rog you know where to go thank you Rog it's Brian Brian O'Driscoll here (laughs) a little birdie told me that um, since you've moved to um, France um, they've managed to uh, civilise you knock the edges off you the Munster edges Um, well now that you're fully house trained Rog uh, you're more than welcome over to the ski on sorry that's clan ski for prinks uh, after Leinster win. I mean, after the match. <laughs> On Saturday. Uh, DM me. Raj, uh, George Hook here. <laughs> Matt Cooper asked me to ring you on behalf of the Leinster resistance movement. Uh, the meeting's on Saturday. 
Can you bring a couple of Frank and Walters albums and two flagons of Tenora, please? <laughs> I'll bring the Beamish and the politically incorrect opinions. Vive La Rochelle! <laughs> <laughs> and good luck to both teams in the final, especially Rog. So let's get straight over to Kieran Mulqueen, the man behind the social media behemoth, Crazy House Prices. He started by telling me how it all got started. It did actually start as a joke because I was, you know, we were trying, we were looking, not even trying, but we, you know, we were like testing the waters. Okay, we want to, you know, we want to start a family, want to settle down, want to buy a house and uh, we want to be close to, you know, her parents and, and my mom. So that it, it kind of started as a joke when with, with some mad houses that you'd see for sale around Dublin and it, it just got really popular really quickly. And I just think housing is one of those things in Ireland we're all obsessed whether it's looking in if somebody's getting work done looking in what's going on yeah. finding out what our neighbours paid for the house that kind of thing it's just an obsession of, of the nation and that's where it started it started as a joke and, and it, it took off from there it's I guess some things are, are really shareable on the internet I guess and they can go viral quite easily so ha- mad house prices just seems to be one of them and, and it just went from there and then I was I, I'm not naturally a negative person I'm usually quite positive about things so I was like I can't this is all very negative I need to do something with this there's a lot of followers now so I tried to turn it into a bit of a more positive thing as well as throwing up the crazy house prices but trying to guide people as to where what they need to do how how to maybe navigate getting a mortgage trying to put it in simple terms as well to make it digestible and and it's now led to a book, a, a best-selling book, actually, and uh, and all the rest. So well, it's just been a mad couple of years, but it did just start as a joke. What was the trigger that made you set up the social media um, um, post of, of Crazy House Prices? It was a tiny little house just around the corner from here, actually, up in Long Lane. It's, it's up for sale again. It hasn't sold, shocker. Um, <laughs> but it was six foot wide. And the story goes that it was built because the builders started I don't know how true this is but it's a good story the builders were building at either end of the road and then you know they got their measurements wrong or whatever and they were left at this six foot wide laneway right and uh, they turned it into a house took a roof over it it's been it's been on like Airbnb and rented out for a while it's like it's in Long Lane it's up for sale again I think it was 265 when I posted it I think it's down to 220 now or something right. but I do think it's sold in the boom for like 400 and something thousand. Yeah. yeah. It's great. Like it's, it's hilarious yeah. right, when you see it. Six foot wide. Six foot wide. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to, you wouldn't be able to lie so down. Liam Leeson wouldn't yeah. be able to lie down there. No. He'd just be, no. his head would be crooked. And, no, I probably would. But I yeah. know where you live and it's not in the skinniest house in Ireland. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the one that kind of set it all off. It was just a joke really. It wasn't ever something we were looking at buying, but it, I was like, this is, 265 grand this thing is outrageous mm. obviously it's aimed at you know an investor that wants I thought to you were going to say it was aimed at dwarfs yeah, yeah that as well yeah <laughs> but it's uh, it, like it's not a home you couldn't you couldn't live in this thing like the the bed is in like the attic and you know the way estate agents use these like wide wide angle lens mm. it makes it look even that doesn't make it look big. Yeah. You know, you, could, you wouldn't be able to sit up in the bed. You'd have to kind of like roll out to the side. Yeah. And then the other, there's a bunk bed in the hallway. Um, and I think there's like some fancy uh, paint, like stripes on the wall, which obviously adds 200 grand. Um, mm. It's a it's a hilarious, it's only up the road. You should walk past it. It's, it's it doesn't, the photos are the same photos mm. from like 10 years ago. I've seen open top buses mm. going outside it yeah. with people with like Viking splash and everything going. Here is the house of the leprechauns. It's, you have to be beneath five foot tall to live here. A lot of leprechauns are. That could be the angle for them actually. Maybe that's who they need to market it at. Yeah, yeah it's at Bort Vulture, tourist yeah. attraction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but since then, um, you've become something of like a Batman kind mm. of figure, like, you know, a caped crusader of crazy house prices, um, you know. And this is obviously Gotham City. And yes. um, you've you've kind of posted these 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 pictures and, and stories of, of, of dreadful propositions that people have been asked either to rent or, or, or buy. Um, take me, take me through some of the ones in your to- in the, at the top of your mind that never leave your mind, uh, that reflect the kind of state of of um, the, of of the nation at the moment in, in regard to that. 
It's usually the rentals. I think renters here are just in such a dire situation with the price of it and then obviously the quality of what's available for them. So it was like when you're buying a house, there's solicitors involved, you know, you're not as vulnerable if like the kind of funnier ones in houses, just like the house is in bits and they're asking for mad money. But if it's not worth it, people won't pay it. Whereas they move on to the next. But renters are far more desperate because there is nowhere affordable to rent and and you don't have that that kind of safety net of solicitors and legalities involved it's 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 like Gotham I guess in that aspect uh maybe a bit more crime yeah but it's uh <laughs> the, I guess the, the the bunk bed ones get me they they really wind me up the ones with six eight bunk beds in a room 600 euro a bed these landlords are getting four grand a month for one room in a four bedroom house 16 grand like that kind of stuff mm. that it uh, really winds me up and gets me quite angry mm. because it's just pure greed and horror and they are usually preying on the more vulnerable uh, those that can't buy their own home or maybe don't have a secure enough job to even apply for a mortgage or mm. whatever the case is uh, it's that that I find those ones sickening, and there are so many examples of it. That's that's the other scary part is they're relentless. I get sent, I get sent them every single day, like loads and loads of different ones. Whether it's somebody renting a shed in their house in Clondalkin, and well, I this is up, another thing. Of course, you know, this isn't even a property. Then this mm. is just a shed. Yeah, yeah, a shed in Clondalkin. Yeah, okay. Like I just put advertised that one up for. Twelve hundred quid a month, like, and it's shared in Clondalkin. That's the gig here, isn't it? That's the way the property market is. It almost feels like a lawless kind of society sometimes, like Gotham, I guess, where they can do whatever they want uh, because there's not much happening. And I do get kind of sometimes I get that feeling where I'll post something on Twitter and it will go viral, and then it will the ad will be removed, and everyone's like, "Oh, well done, you got it removed. That's great." Yes. And I'm like, but that's not my job. No. You know, it shouldn't. I've seen that over and over again, how yeah. you even then say in the comeback on the Twitter, new record, only 30 seconds. Mm. Yeah, and it's, it's that, not that it not that it's because of me or whatever, it's the community. Oh, I understand. It's the community that the page has built. And I'm just like the one that presses send. Yeah, yeah. But like, you know, it is like, I almost call it like a, like a community, like, detectives you know they're finding things or investigating things but it's not just sheds in Clondalkin either there's there's, I mean there's the classic stuff which we used to talk about even 10 years ago the idea of you know this is a bijou uh, studio um, uh, uh, proposition in close to the city and close to the river yeah 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 and basically it's you're kind of artisan that's another one they uh, use a lot yeah artisan yeah yeah. (laughs) and and this is like um this is like your bed is in the microwave. Yes. And the toilet is on top of the the, the pillow. If you're lucky. For <laughs> Yorkshireman, yeah. you were lucky. <laughs> I lived I lived on two cornflake a day, right, in a piece of cardboard which was on fire. Underneath a pothole in winter, with the Russians coming over and a tank. Lucky if you weren't shot to death before you were woken up. And it was still cheaper than what you're paying here. So yeah, yeah it's it's the pits, really, to be honest. It's a very depressing kind of thing to be around all day. Those kind of situations, bijou apartment, microwave and all this sort of stuff, Clondalkin. Another thing we expose, which I think is interesting, and it, it taps into this classist thing we have in Ireland as well, and particularly in Dublin, is this. You'll see an ad on a certain um, real estate site and it'll go, uh, you know, lovely three-bedroom three house uh, just on the edge of... Um, Malahide mm. <laughs> and you'll find actually it's in Finglas yeah, yeah, yeah and I don't know what your definition of on the edge of Malahide is do you know that one yeah I so, I have a whole kind of highlight saved on my story I've actually stopped doing those ones because I feel like it got to a point where some some state agents were taking the piss so much almost so that I would post it <laughs> you know, like, Jesus. like there like, is no such, meta. there's no such thing as Fingless anymore. It's Glass Nevin. There's no such thing as Darndale anymore. It's Malahide. You know, it's uh, like the, the the fake addresses. And it, I, I almost felt like every time I post them, they would go viral. And I'm like, OK, I'm just not, I'm just going to stop because I'm giving these Jesus. lads free advertising. And it and it's nothing's going to change. 
you know, in terms of that kind of fake address thing. But it's, I get it's it's kind of a notions thing we have as well, isn't it? Yeah, that's why I meant it taps into that class yeah. thing we have. It's just you don't live in Bally. You don't live. You don't live in Kalini. You yeah. live in Ballybrack. Yeah, but uh, you paid a hundred grand extra. Yeah, but I remember I actually live. My mother lives in um, Stillorgan, and uh, this is exactly what you do, right? My mother lives in Stillorgan. Now she lives just off the um, the N11, and the the postal address of her house is Black Rock. Yeah. Right? Now, she lives in Stillorgan, but the postal address is Black Rock. So when she says, where do you live? La, 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 Black Rock. Anyway, letters used to come to the house anyway. And you could see that they'd been interfered with by the postman, right? Who'd crossed out the name Black Rock himself and gone, Leopardstown! Sorry about that. Uh, Leopardstown. In other words, even the, the, the postman is full of spite about where you live. So... That's, that that explains that to you as well. Yeah, you know? there's a really funny one. I have an image of it on my phone. I posted it a while ago. There's a place in Perrystown. Uh, that's where it is. But on the, the rock out the front of the estate, it says Manor Estate, and underneath it says Terenure. And somebody wrote a sign saying, Terenure, my arse, <laughs> and put it beside it. And it's just brilliant. And the story goes that that rock out the front was paid for by the residents. They paid to get this rock out the front to say it's Terenure when it's whatever, Walkerstown yeah. or Perrystown or whatever. But like, I just find all that so funny because yeah. it's just so ridiculous. It's like, this petty cares? bourgeois yeah. uh, thing in Ireland. And it's because you you could be living in a really posh area, which is actually right next door to a kind of, might, might be described as a lower middle class area. Especially in Dublin. You're never more than two minutes no. away from somewhere that, you know, you might feel a bit scared walking yeah. down the road. Like, yeah. it, it doesn't matter where you live. So, Come here, what do you think of um, real estate agents? Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are some really good ones and I think there are lots of You should see his face folks it's just gone puce Yeah it, it, there are so, I'm like I'm you know I'd be pals with some some estate agents and they're lovely and they've been really helpful to me and told me kind of you know insider kind of secrets as to what they do and, and But if I'm judging not to, not to land you in it now mm-hmm. right I'm being serious if I'm judging by what I would see on your Twitter profile for example and the stuff you just repost I kind of left mouthing the words and scumbags mm. yeah that's honestly the way I feel I, How, what are you doing it's so low and the, also the, there's another thing that, you, that we didn't cover the airbrushing of photographs mm, yeah. tell us about that what you can well I guess like with the estate agents thing like there's there's obviously like any gig you know not all men not all estate agents hashtag you know it's there's there are some that just really give them an awful name. And the way I think about it is, instead of me calling this out, other estate agents should be calling it out and saying, do you know what, this guy, what he's doing is not okay. Mm. And it's given us all a bad name. Mm. Rather than just, you know, burying their head in the sand and ignoring it. Like, there are some estate agents that have just such dodgy practices. And as far as I know, there's no estate agent has lost their licence for like things like fake bids, things mm. like, which do happen. Mm. But I... I don't. I just don't know if any, any of them have lost their license. Mm. But I, but the airbrushing thing, yeah, I remember there was a really funny one I did. Uh, I posted. I can't remember where it was, but it was like the whole image was doctored. This, they all do the sky, by the way. Yeah. If you're looking at an ad, the, it, these blue sky, blue skies. That's I never like a, knew the sun shined in Ireland yeah. so much. They all do that. Every one of them. That's just, and because they all do it, it's just standard now that it's just become normalised, yeah. which I think is ridiculous. I know what you're going to say next. You're going to say, now they're going to start doing ones with clouds just to stop being like the lads with blue sky so that the ones with clouds, they'll think they're actually real and the house is actually real then. Even one of them was like, I, I just posted because it was so outrageous. The street view. I always tell people, look at the street view. Okay. Look, go oh, on to the app, click on street view and have a look because that's what it really looks like. Okay. Rather than the doctored image. Yeah. But the street view had like, you know, there was, the, the estate agent had basically wiped everything out of the front of the house and and photoshopped in the railings and photoshopped in this lovely tarmac and flowers and all and then the street view is like no, it looks nothing like that it looks ridiculous and to be fair that went viral and the estate agent took it down and put up the real photo and then I was looking at one the other day and uh, the photos like so they the estate agent obviously got the photos taken sent it off to their whoever does their photoshopping for them and uh, 
the t- do you know when you save a file like the file saved as remove dot weeds dot whatever <laughs> yeah. dot jpeg yeah. and it was like you didn't even like you didn't even change the file name <laughs> like it's all there and then it's like just this it's a fake looking tarmac driveway which yeah. I think is awful anyway I would rather see a driveway with some weeds or wildflowers as I like to call them yeah. you know something real like I think the whole tarmac thing is awful but anyway, I know I know uh, it's just like the file name he didn't even bother changing that so that comes up when you look at the yeah. image and you can see the file name is remove.weeds.clouds yeah. Yeah. Uh, I saw one where um, in the corner of one it was just look I was Brian O'Driscoll and Amy um, Huberman were just in the next garden I was going oh my god you're going to be living next door to Brian O'Driscoll and Amy Huberman if you buy this sorry that's only a joke <laughs> but that's what they're going to start doing they're going to what about we just start putting like well known celebrities into the road yeah peering like, over the fence so, so like let's say Michael D. Higgins suddenly lives in Perrystown Manor Estate uh, Taryn you're actually Manor Estate <laughs> Ter- Excuse me It's Perrystown uh, yeah, Absolutely yeah Madness mm, tell, yeah. Tell, think, think of other ones you're, you're on a roll now This is good This is. I like the airbrushing Yeah the Photoshop See there, that kind of stuff I like post Because it's, it's a bit more No one's getting hurt there mm. You know When you go and view the house You'll see what it actually Really looks like So no one's getting hurt But I do think It's, it's just really frustrating That every other industry has to abide by f- pretty strict advertising laws. Yes, yes. But as I think the way, because I've reported these over the years and I've just given up because nothing ever happens. The, but the way I think the explanation was from the advertising standards yeah. or whatever was that buying a home is seen as an investment. Mm. So it doesn't follow under the same advertising laws as if you're trying to sell a chair. Correct. Or politics, by the way, Kieran. Well, yeah. In, in, when you're selling politics, you don't have to do that as well. So in America, for example, hence mm. the attack ads. Yeah. So it's like, Joe Biden is a paedophilic serial killer. <laughs> do you want to vote for a paedophile? And Joe Biden will just go, I'm not a paedophile, okay? Doesn't matter. We're saying you are. And they can get away with it because it comes under the auspices of political advertising. And this is what you're saying, that this is a, an investment. So because it's an investment. That, that's, that, that was the explanation that was given to me. Yeah, they don't fall under the same rules, which to me is really irritating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My own story, like just just just, just juxtapose what people are going through now with somebody like me, right, who's 52 years of age. And I come from just that, that just that generation ago where I bought my first house when I was 29 yeah. and I wasn't on loads of money. And in fact, I was freelance. So I wasn't even a civil servant. Yeah. And it was back in the time where you were able to get, I think it was about three times your salary from the bank. Okay. But because I was as freelance and because I was a cute, not a cute whore, but a uh, Intelligent? No, not intelligent. Um, it was more. Um, I was. I was hustling, and I, I wanted to make sure. I did my best to make it sure it happened. I created all these sort of like mad projections that I of what I would be earning in, in the next couple of years. Or was your fanciful? And then they also gave me way more than three times. And those were back in the days where it was all a bit like you'd be grand. We're all going to get a house anyway. So like, have you got anything coming in at all? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, should we give you a house then? You know what I mean? Mm. And obviously now it's, it's well, it's it's not neon impossible, but it's 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 a much different um, situation, you know? Yeah, it's, and that's the reference I always tell people to say, if, say, not saying you're old, but, you know, previous generations, let's say their grandparents. Or their I'm in that stage of life. I'm in that stage of life. You know when they, they're allowed to call people middle-aged now until they're about 78? Yeah. So I'm in middle age. I'm in middle age. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> we're together. But, you know, I always say that to people, you know, if if you're, you know, getting grief from a parent or a grandparent saying, Do you know what, you just need to book up and, and save and you'll get something. Just be like, okay, how much did you buy your first home for? Or you could say... What were you earning at my age, Grant? Well, multiply that by three and a half mm. times and go and find me a home online that you would be happy to live in. Mm. And that pretty quickly, you know, mm. takes their edge off. And I think things are turning in terms of people are starting to understand that like this generation, it is statistically proven that it is the hardest time to buy a home given 
I know interest rates used to be much higher, but you got mortgage interest relief and all this other things. So they've like Dara Turnbull in Housing Europe has done the, the numbers on this and it is actually harder. And, and that was a year and a half ago and it's worse now. And a year and a half ago it was the hardest time in in generational history. So I would just follow my next question. Do you think that the situation has got worse in both sectors, the rental section and, and the buying sector since 19, 2019, since you kind of started this? Oh yeah, 100% worse. Uh, rental, way worse. As I said, housing, you know, you have some legalities there, but renting, I just, I just see it all the time. People are messaging me being like, what can I do? I'm being evicted. The landlord wants to sell up. I've nowhere to go. I have two kids. Jesus, yeah. We, we both have full-time jobs. Yeah. We both have see, good jobs. The thing, the, the thing They're earning more than me. The thing that isn't highlighted enough about this, Kieran, as well, is when you say those statistics to me and you even just say about that person, I'm being evicted, I have two kids, I have nowhere mm. to go. We, we, we always paint that as an economic problem, whereas actually it's a, it's a mental health and psychic problem. This like has countless damaged people kids especially that's, for life yeah. the trauma of not having a roof over your head lasts for years and years and years forever yeah. you'll never forget that you'll be waking up at night even if you're living in a castle when you're 80 you'll be waking up sweating at night going I just had the dream again about when I had no home yeah it's the kids one that really gets me that just they children just because we have our own child now and she's like nearly one and a half she, she doesn't have to worry about that and she's so lucky but there are so many children that will worry about, you know, because the, they pick up on things, you know, they're very intuitive. They pick up on on if their adults in their house are feeling stressed and feeling nervous about something or they overhear things. And and it's that that I just think the impact that will have for for decades on, on that child or teenager or whoever um is catastrophic and I think and it's why I get really passionate about you know talking about it online is because you know there are solutions there it doesn't have to be this way it doesn't have to be this difficult we can fix this you know there are solutions that we could even borrow from elsewhere or things we could try if there was the, not to get political but if there was the political will there mm. to actually treat this like they did a couple of years ago I'm not going to say that word but like they did a couple of years ago where they did treat it as an emergency and all of a sudden they did find money to do things they needed Kieran, to do. Kieran, I couldn't agree more. This you know? is what I've been saying all the time and, and I've spoken over the years to, to people in various walks of life. Economists, politicians, uh, journalists. Um, and I, I'm always, I'm fascinated by this question of when you say to people, we need to do this, we need to do this, we need to do that. And the first thing that comes out of their mouths is, but, but who's going to pay for it? But who's going to pay for it? Well, we've all this money and, now. And, billions yes. and billions. And then you go, well, who paid for the C word? Mm. Who paid for all of that? Mm. And who pays for the emergency when it happens? The big emergency when it happens? Because they do. They find the money somewhere. And where's all this budget surplus that they talk about? What's, yeah. the, what's going to happen to that? And what about the idea that Ireland is one of the richest countries in the world? Can we not borrow on the strength of that? You, you know, this is that, that's, that's one of the things... That, that galls me. But to that end, um, there's another side to this as well. And uh, from your exposure to this problem, I mean, because I have a follow on from this as well, but from your exposure to this problem, um, do you have any opinions as to uh, politically yourself, if, 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 there, if there's a political, if a change of our political furniture could, mm. could, could, could help solve this problem? I think... In your own opinion. Yeah, I think we need more empathetic people in charge. Mm. I think empathy is something that is lacking massively in our leadership. Um, I think they lack an awareness as to what it's actually like to face that worry of losing your home. And it's just, I just don't think it's there. But then I also know a place to their own voters to you know, kind of keep this whole pyramid scheme of housing prices going because their value of their, because they own their own homes, a lot of their voters. So I know what you're saying. Like, I, I don't know if, like, the poll, say the polls are true and Sinn Féin get voted in or whatever. I don't have, if there was an election tomorrow, I couldn't tell you who I'd vote for. But I don't know if Sinn Féin are going to be able to fix things either or if they would 
if they, you know, make things worse. I don't know. But I do know that it requires a complete shift in how we view homes mm. instead of viewing them housing as a commodity and as something to to try and keep propping up and to try and keep investors happy and keep developers happy with it and just focus on we have 4,000 children homeless they shouldn't be homeless how do we figure this out we've got 165,000 vacant homes around the country mm. can we get even half of them back on site what do we need to do to do that we have loads of money, apparently, because the last couple of years, all we've heard from government is, well, you know, Sinn Féin's plans will cost this. There is no magic money tree. Well, there is. There is, There's yeah. There's a feckin' money orchard yeah. there. We've loads of money. Yeah. If we're going by how great the economy yeah. is and, and blah, blah, blah. Well, your man is there. It's unbelievable. We have a budget surplus of 4.8 <laughs> million, which I've just found behind the couch. And will that be going to houses? Fuck off. No, it won't. <laughs> It'll be going for what? The rainy day fund. What's yeah. the rainy day fund? The day that we need the money. Do we not need the money now? No. Yeah, it's lashing out. Jesus, it's lashing out. Yeah, and that's what's gr- like the orchard has grown. We've lots of money trees, but we're all in puddles outside. And I just don't understand. I don't know if other parties will come in and fix things. I would like to hope that something can change and something can be done that whoever is in next might say, you know, I. do you know what I think the issue is? They think in four-year cycles in government mm-hmm. and they don't want to do something that may benefit whoever's in government in 10, 15, yeah, 20 years' that's correct. time. They just think in four-year cycles mm. and trying to stay in power, keep their big pensions and whatever. Uh, they also do the opposite. They also go, by the time we leave power, we want to make sure that things are in the shit. So that the next we'll guys, back in. so that the next guys incur- mm-hmm. inherit the shite, poison so that well, then yeah. we'll be able to say it's shite now with the new lads in, so put us back in. Exactly, yeah. And I think now I don't know how this would work, but I just feel like it needs to be something that is taken away from a political party, and it has to be something yeah, that is that's agreed across the board. Yeah no matter who's in power, that this is our 20, 30, 40, 50 year plan. Well, that's interesting. And taking it away from do. politics, yeah. And taking it away yeah. from... I, I, I hear what you're saying. And I will say one thing, another thing, and this is to obviate part of this argument. And I had a couple of weeks ago, I had a brilliant economist on called Chris Johns, who's an excellent speaker, very articulate man, and, um, and a very fair-minded person in my view. Now, he is right of centre when it would come to the economics and all that sort of stuff. He's an economist, but he's a bit of a political philosopher as well. And an erudite guy. And he did make the point, and of course this is regarding our just chat there about Sinn Féin and politics and everything, and kind of interesting that you mentioned it should be taken out of politics. That's a nice idea. Um, but he did mention that um, these, this, this, this problem is typical of a lot of problems that are far more complicated than it seems on the surface. It requires detail, technocratic attention. It requires uh, hard work. And it really doesn't need sound bites, and it isn't solvable in sound bites. And unfortunately, you do get that sort of um, feeling from, let's say, call it a populist effort, let's say, from Sinn Féin who goes, we'll solve it, we sort it, you know, make housing great again almost, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, and and he, that's the problem, you see. The problem is that we've lost the ability in our society to understand that some problems are actually really complicated because we don't want complicated. We want, we want 120, 140 characters or, or no less. Yeah. No more. Yeah, Thanks. I guess that. Yeah. Yeah. So th- that's one of the problems we face that we're unwilling to accept that a problem is complicated. Once you're unwill, once you're not willing to accept that a problem is complicated, you're you're un- you're less willing to engage with the problem. You just you're just sort of going, give me the easy answer, or don't give me any answer. I think people's. But I, I loved your idea. I think that's the first time I've heard that actually. Yeah. The idea that that this particular crisis needs to be taken above politics, but away from politics. So no matter who gets into power, they have to be signed up to this agreement. Yeah, to this commission, made, let's like, call it Like in Europe, say. Do you know? Um, I th- going back to your point there, I think everyone understands it's very complicated, but what we keep hearing is it can't be fixed overnight. Mm. But it's been 12 years. Yeah. So, and it's only getting worse. Mm. So I think sound bites 
I think that word even itself is a soundbite. Do you know? <laughs> He's saying it won't be solved by soundbites. That, that itself is a soundbite. But what will solve it is if we get a lot more homes that people can live in. Yeah. And I just think there are some easy wins that, that can yeah. be done that don't cost any money and will actually generate money. Things like a, a, a hefty yeah. vacant home tax. Like walking up here, I just walked up here from Dame Street mm. and just look up. Well, if anyone's walking around, just look up, look above shops, look above retail units and look at how many derelict places there yeah. are. Look how many empty places there are. Yeah. Walk around your local neighbourhood and I guarantee you'll find a lot of der- a lot of vacant homes, a lot yeah. of derelict homes, no matter where you are. So if you own one of those and it's not costing you anything, but in fact, it's actually still going up in value. What, like... What incentive is there to actually turn that into a home? It's already built. There's already a structure there. You don't need planning. You don't need to do a whole lot. Like, I do think that is, I know they'll say it's complicated, blah, blah, blah. But is it? Mm -hmm. Is it more complicated to fix something than to build it from scratch? Mm. I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Um, And I do think that is an, an easy win that doesn't require a populist party to come in and do. It just requires someone to be like, can we just feckin' do this? Can we can we put a 10% tax on this? Not a 0.03% tax or whatever they brought in that costs nothing. It's yeah. three times the local property tax. Yeah. It's less than a grand a year for most. Yeah. H- how many people are in touch with you? Or, and what kind of... What kind you, of people? <laughs> no, 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 no. I meant, what, I, you alluded to it earlier on, but I'd like to go into that a little bit deeper. How many people are in touch with you, do you think? And more and more people are obviously in touch with you and... What's what's like a week, a day? Well, I don't know. You you tell me. We make. Um, it's like literally every free minute I have, I'm I'm trying to get back to people in my DMs. Mm. It's uh, I would say uh, probably on average, a couple of hundred a week. Yeah. And what's your what's what keeps what's the typical message that keeps coming back at you? What's the one you're seeing over and over again? Um, and what disturbs you the most? The the. The face, the children facing eviction. That's that 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 gets me the most. Yeah, mm. yeah. That's really tough. Adults, whatever you know, some people be able to move back home. Or whatever. Like, yeah. obviously, very empathetic to that as well. But I just, I just think because I'm a teacher, my and I, <laughs> I actually teach infants. My empathy levels are are quite high, and yeah. that 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 gets me the worst. Uh, in in the messages and it's just like what can you say what can I do I, there's nothing, I, I wish I could help more um, I'm doing everything I can to try yeah. and you know bring about some amount of change like and I have you know the page has had success in that aspect like there was one thing um, I don't know if you saw it was, it was a good while ago about a, a housing estate that was built and people you know were ready to buy and the whole thing was sold to an investment fund. Mm. Uh, it was Mullen Park, I think it was called. And I was like, this is ridiculous. So I posted it and it just went everywhere. And then it ended up, you know, getting very political. Po- uh, politicians were standing outside the estate, you know, yeah. making videos and t- every TV station was there and whatever. And it did happen that the government stepped in mm. and were like, no. We're not having this. We're stopping that deal, and the homes now need to be sold to owner occupiers. Mm. So that was a really big win, and I did get loads of messages from people saying, "Like I'm sitting on my couch, I'm watching TV in this house now that I wouldn't have been able to buy. Yeah. Only that it went viral on Twitter or whatever, yes. or Instagram, and so like there are wins there, but it's like I wish I could do more. But it, like, sure, who am I? Do you know what I mean? I'm nobody. I'm just somebody You're with Batman. a phone. <laughs> yeah. Fucking Batman. I feel man. like Fat Man at the moment. That was about it. But um, the it's just, I wish. Sorry, I sorry, I have more. to interrupt you there. There's some people who are listening to this podcast live, mm. and um, oh, it's not mm. live, is it? Huh? <laughs> some people who are listening live to the podcast, and I, and when I tell them who's coming on, they go, "Oh, I'd love to listen to that live, and can I call in?" Right. And so um, there's a few people on the line that okay. I'd like to talk to. So um, yes. on Cleave Radker's on the line. <laughs> Say hello to him. <laughs> He's a neighbour of mine, actually. Hi, Leo. How are you doing? Um, it's great to hear you. I'm a neighbour of yours. That's right. Yeah. So, um, I often see you doing your lawn uh, <laughs> there. <laughs> Listen, I never really, uh, first of all, a few questions for you. I didn't realise that uh, the problem was so bad. Uh, but uh, thank you 
for, for doing that. Uh, second of all, uh, just if in in not to use the word soundbite, but because that's a bit of a cliche. <laughs> but uh, if, if you did give me a soundbite, just tell me one thing that we, we could possibly do to solve this or to to help. If you if you were if you were me, that's my first question. I think caring more would be a good start. You know, actually, really understanding and 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 talking to people who are in a situation where they are facing homelessness with excellent jobs and okay great got that Jeff I've just written written that down second thing is you used a word earlier on I didn't understand it it was herpathy herpopathy it begins with energy empathy empathy What's what's that about it's about putting yourself in someone else's shoes and uh and trying to see things from their perspective and understand not just see it but understand it yeah that's great thanks a million and the third question is um, I know this is a bit of a coincidence but I'm actually the owner of a rental property myself in uh, Castle Knock uh, and it's being vacated in the next couple of weeks just wondering would you put it up on on Twitter (laughs) (laughs) it's just five grand a month well yeah I'll take the first month's rent and I have a stone outside going Castle Knock, massive. <laughs> so thanks, you'll, you'll do that for me. Kieran. No problem. Crazy yeah. house prizes. Yeah. Thanks very much. Wow. Jeez, you were very nice to him. Yeah, yeah, I tend to be nice to most people, yeah. <laughs> You're too polite. <laughs> You're too polite. Um, well, let me see. Anything else? Is, uh, what, what other stuff is on your mind about this area, even recently, um, Kieran? Is there anything else on your mind about this now? I mean, you, you, you have a day-to-day life as a teacher. Yeah. You're empathetic. Mm. Um, uh, your wife is a teacher. Is, is it M- Melissa? Yeah. Melissa. And where does she teach? She's in Lucan. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she teaches in Lucan. And yeah. does she feel similar to you about this stuff or does she go, would you ever fuck off about your house fucking prices? Yeah, more the latter, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> she's fed up with me going on about it. No, she is, like, obviously, yeah. but she's, I probably, She's so many like I don't know. I probably worry a bit too much about it, but then it's like yeah. it has become you know like a know part of me. I know, yeah. And, and I can't where's that going to let go? It go? Where's that going to go? I don't know to be honest. Like I just can't let it go. I just want to try. You spoke and, about empathy and caring, and it's clear yeah. that it's clear you teach young children. Yeah. It's clear that you you care. Um, maybe maybe you need to take it a little further, or or maybe you need to. I mean, maybe you need to get involved to be a bit more. Jump in. I would like to. I'd like to see some changes in things that I think would help. Like, I'd like to see how we buy a home, like the process of buying a home. In our, I did a chapter on it in my book. Mm. I'd like to see some things change so that it improves the whole process for people. Um, in terms of, like, for example, a big issue is you know, the home isn't actually ready to be sold, but it's advertised. And then people are ready to buy it, but then they're strung out, they're dragged out for nine months or whatever. Like in other countries, you can be in and out in a month. You know, you can buy, you can go say the greed to keys in hand in four, five, six weeks. Hmm. So I'd like to see changes there that would make that, like for example, if let's say I want to sell my house, I should have to do all the the work necessary beforehand so that the house is ready to be handed over the yeah. next day. So if it's in probate, I sh- the probate should be through. Yeah. If there are any title issues or planning issues, they all should be sorted before I'm allowed to advertise it. And that way, we're not waiting nine months on a house to close. I think that's a really simple thing that could change and that um, would improve the process here. Um, but then there are more bigger picture things like what we've been speaking about for the last while is like that societal shift in how we view housing, how we view homes, um, not looking at them as a pyramid scheme that we need to keep climbing. I, I hate that phrase, get on the, get on the ladder. Do yeah, you know, it, imply, that it implies yeah. that you want to go up. That, that you have to yeah. keep climbing uh, because that is what, you know, it's, it's like, it just becomes this thing where you have to make more money on it because... The next one Correct. is going to cost more. Even the concept of the ladder is... is yeah, so is, people get, you know, vendors when they're selling, they're like, they want to get as much as possible because they need to get as much as possible because the next one they're buying, the people selling that want to get as much yeah. as possible. And it just becomes this this cycle of, of greed. Yeah, it taps into, it taps into the more extreme um, areas of mm. greed in our economy. Yeah. In fact, it is, 
You'll only be putting your money into property. Mm. You see, even that idea, mm. you know, oh, the stocks are bad. Stick your money into property. You can never go wrong. Yeah. You know, so this is that idea as well. I just think you know, it's, 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 it's it's a marketable commodity. It's it's Bitcoin. It's gold. It's, <laughs> you know, it's. Yeah, it's within us, though, isn't it? It's kind of it's how we have our it's how we look after ourselves mm. when we get older. That mm. It's your pension, you mm. know. Your house, and, yeah. But it's only it's that's only used to you if you can sell it but, and have somewhere else to live. But even ontologically, it's so strange, though. You know, I mean, it is clear to anybody that is, you know, two legs and two arms. I know it sounds obvious too, and it is. But sometimes, if you think about the most obvious things, it's crazy. You can only live in one house, mm. literally. You can only live in one house, and yet there's a fella going, no. I can live in eight. I can live in 15. I live in 20 houses. Hmm. You know what I mean? You've only one arse, you can't ride two saddles. <laughs> I have eight arses! <laughs> I have eight arses! I have one arse in Ter- Perrystown. I have another arse in Manor House. I have another arse in Ballybrack. Thank you very much, Kieran. <laughs> Fucking crazy house prizes. <laughs> yeah, it's just... You, looks a bit, you look a bit like um, Daniel Day-Lewis, actually. I get messy a lot. I get messy. A little bit of messy, yeah. Mm. Yeah, a bit of messy. Oh, I get that nonstop. Do you get a bit of messy? Yeah, 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 yeah. all the time. I can't go to Aldi and Terry. You don't have his. You don't have his slanty eyes, though. Messi has a kind of a. Don't have his money either. Um, no, but Messi has a, and he has loads of fucking houses. as I'm well. I'm a bit taller than him as well. <laughs> but Dermot doesn't seem to think so. But uh, yeah, I'm a little bit. Taller. I heard Messi mm. couldn't afford a, a two-bedroom flat out in Perrystown. There, yeah, he would struggle here. <laughs> he would struggle. <laughs> So you've told us the whole um, fascinating story behind crazy house prices. But what about you? How did the whole house hunting end up for you? So we were being outbid. We, we'd, we'd done the whole mortgage thing. We had mortgage approval and, and we had good savings. We were very fortunate that because we're both dubs, we could live at home. We lived mm. in my wife's parents' house. So mm. um, we saved up our deposits. We, and were they nice to live with? They were okay? They actually, yeah, they, were, they weren't there that much either. So oh, that perfect. made it better. But um, no, they're brilliant. They date yeah. night a bit easier, they're right? Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're fantastic. So, and my mom as well. We, we had a couple of options. A lot of people aren't that fortunate you know they may not have options and they have to rent whereas we didn't so very aware of how fortunate we were but we we just kept getting outbid or we refused to get into bidding wars because I just I just would not pay more than I felt through my own research what that house was worth and uh, so we we just stopped bidding on some things and then we just decided to kind of you know take a break for a while and then I had an idea to I was like okay what's the problem here as again teacher head on what's the problem here and how could we solve it the problem is there was too many people trying to buy every home we were trying to buy so I was like okay well how do we cut those people out we need to get rid of the estate agent we need to get rid of the other people so go direct to people who want to sell their house so we wrote a letter my wife Melissa wrote a, wrote a letter and in the letter, we kind of outlined, look, this is our gig. This is our story. We live here. We we work here. We just want to start a family here and be close to our own family. Um, if you want to sell your house, we have full mortgage approval. We're ready to go and we can basically offer you a fairly hassle-free sale. You don't have to pay an estate agent. You don't have to stage the house for photos. You don't have to do any of this. And then you can kind of, you know, rest assured knowing that your house is going to be looked after by a family, you know, that that is that really wants to live here and loves the area. So we did that and, and we threw it around to kind of, I don't even know how many houses we did. It wasn't that many, like kind of 14, 15 or something. And uh, and we just got lucky. We got one, one email back and... And it worked worked out just perfectly from there. Like we dealt directly with the family that were selling the house, and was really nice. Like we got to hear their stories about growing up in the area, and and um, and we were telling them our story about you know growing up in the area. And I work around the corner, and and it was lovely. And mm. since then, you know, I kind of posted about it. Went went kind of everywhere, and lots of people have had good success with the same off market approach. Okay. So, no estate agents involved. Not not to have a go with estate so agents. Just from your point of view, then, would you would you from your experience and from maybe your secondhand experience, even if you've had any, would you encourage people to possibly pursue an off market approach? I think it's a no brainer, and I think it's. I do think it's may go that way in the future where people can just sell their own house. Mm. Uh, technology is a disruptor for kind of middlemen and anything. You know, you can buy your vegetables directly from a farm or whatever. It's it's one of those things, and and I do think there will always be a market for estate agents. But for some people, you know, you can save one and a half, two percent of the commission. 
um, you can save the, the hassle of viewings and, and all the rest. Now, it, it won't, it's obviously not suitable for everyone, but for us, it, w- it couldn't have been better. It, it, was, it was actually a really nice process. And I, doing what I do and running the page, I get so many stories in and it's not a nice, buying a home in Ireland is not a nice positive experience for the vast majority of people. It's, it's horrendous and it's like, they just get it over the line and they've almost aged 10 years in the process. But for us, it was actually the opposite. It was really, really nice. And we could talk directly to the sellers and there was just no drama. There was no stress. It was it was lovely. And even now, like I still message uh, one of their wives, like she's always messaging me on Instagram. <laughs> like if I put a picture up, you're like, oh, that used to be this part of the house when they had it. And now it's this. And they're like, oh, we love what you've done with the place. And it's just it's lovely. Well, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, your book is called? Uh, How to Buy Home in Ireland. Brilliant. And congratulations winning the World Cup as well. Uh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it took a while. I got there, though. One call left, though. It's uh, Michael O'Leary from Ryanair's on the line. Say hello. I'm actually flying with you later on, Michael. <laughs> right. Well, you think you are. I don't know if that flight is going to land successfully. Jesus Christ, I've never heard such poor mouth, pitiful, hungry, bungry, poor me, capitalist, greedy pigs shite in all my life. There is no housing problem in Dublin. I have 100 unused Boeing 737s outlying in swords at the moment. They all have a toilet. They all have at least 200 seats, which could be transported in and transformed into beds. I am prepared to put them for rent at fifty nine ninety nine per day. Why won't you advertise that? Messy. <laughs> well, do, do I have to pay more if I want to open windows or cook food? Is, is there a you know an extra ten euro charge? The cheese panini <laughs> comes at an extra forty euro, but you do get a scratch card. Where are you flying to? Uh, Brussels. <laughs> you are in your own. <laughs> Charleroi. <yeah. laughs> Very good. Um, Kieran. that was great. Thank you very much. And sorry for those interruptions from those those callers. I hope you dealt with them very well. Thanks, Mario. That's your empathy again shining through. Thank you. And that's it from Kieran Mulqueen and from me, Mario Rosenstock. Check out Kieran's new book, How to Buy a Home in Ireland. Tell a friend, just one friend, about this podcast. And if you want to get in touch with me directly, it's mariorosenstock at gmail.com. Same time, same place. We'll be back next week. Take care. <laughs>